Well, hi. So, welcome to episode 8 of Getting Lost in the Grey. So, thanks for everyone that's listened so far, and thanks for tuning in again for another episode. So, this one's going to be about bipolar disorder. So, this is not one I have a lot of experience with personally. But I have spent a bit of time reading through quite a fair bit of um, research done in, and I've got a few links that will be dropped into the uh, description as well and I'll describe them in a moment but as with every single episode and you'll be sick of me saying it but it's never ever going to stop and it should always be the first and last thing anyone thinks is if at any time you feel overwhelmed or just need someone to talk to or anything along those lines anything at all please start reaching out for those discussions and conversations whether it's with a loved one a friend um sometimes even a stranger and of course if you feel it's getting a bit too much medical professional is always a really good option now as i've said many times please do not suffer in silence um i myself have been having a little bit of a tougher time mentally of recent and you may notice just even with my tone of voice it's getting me down a little bit but yeah I'm, I'm working through things so with that let's move on to bipolar disorder now as I mentioned this is not something I have a great deal of personal experience with so it's just going to be a majority of um, the information that I've sort of researched and gathered so with that, I'll just drop in some links here. So we have mind.org.uk, um, nhs.uk, mayoclinic.org, and nhsinform.scot. As always, they will be in the um, episode description. So please do have a look if anything uh, sounds like yourself or someone you know, or if you just want to get a bit more information on uh, bipolar in general. So yes, now this one uh, actually gave me a little bit of food for thought, um, as I'll get into a bit later. But we'll start with, you know, what actually is bipolar disorder. So bipolar disorder is a fairly common one, and it's estimated that around 1 in 100 people will be diagnosed with it at some point in their lives. Now with that, it is described as a mental health problem. And the main symptoms or the the main characteristics that are looked out for is um, three main areas. One being manic or hypomanic episodes, which is when you're generally feeling emotionally high. Not high as in, you know, um, drug use or anything like that, but just really... Um, very positive um, thoughts, feelings, very high, um, if you think of a child who's uh, very high, they're very hyper would be a good way to put it, but not uh, to actually, um, not looking at those particular behaviours as someone who's run around in a circle, but um, yeah, I'll get in a little bit more detail with that, because I've gone into, basically I'm going to go into the detail of each of these as we go through. But I'll uh, name them first. So we also have depressive episodes, which is when 
the polar opposite of your manic episodes, which is having the low feelings as opposed to the high. So those two kind of the more common. There's also some possibility of psychotic symptoms. Now we'll go into a little more detail in those ones a little bit further. So bipolar disorder itself was previously known as manic depression. Now for quite clear reasons um, it got renamed which is quite rightly so I would say because Essentially, you you do have the depression side, but you also have the manic episodes at the beginning. So, it, it, the key word that sticks out when you say manic depression is depression. So, I can fully see why it was renamed. Um, so, essentially, one part of it is the mood swinging between the two. So, when you think about um, the way that someone presents is very high... And then the mood can swing on over to the other side where it's very very low, very depressive. So that's where it's, I think that's where they get the bipolar side. So you've got two poles and you've got this basically swinging between each side. So it's essentially that way I would think of it as, as quite a quite apt name, as many names of things can be sometimes a bit... Um, outdated, they can be a bit mis, misnamed, mislabeled. But I think this one's quite um, quite accurately labelled because those two really being the main um, main symptoms, characteristics, behaviours. Um, so a little bit more detail on sort of like the the parts of it. So the manic and the depressive, etc. So starting with the the manic. So it's sort of sometimes given the name mania. Um, so during one of these episodes or phases, um, a person would feel exceptionally happy and be, you know, bouncing around with a lot of energy, a lot of um, positive feelings. Um, they can be really ambitious, they can have lots of plans, lots of ideas. Now, I know this is probably going to resonate with a lot of people because when I was actually doing a bit of research, I thought, this is just like me. So, again... If you start to feel that anything I'm discussing or anything you read up afterwards or beforehand um, sounds a bit like yourself, certainly have these discussions both with a mental professional and maybe someone who's you know who's maybe got a family member who has any of these mental health disorders. <clears throat> so another part of it is spending large amounts of money. Now this comes into a very similar part with ADHD with impulsivity. So we we can see a real pattern here where a lot of these mental health things they tend to overlap and they can be quite um there can be a lot of similarities so again this proves a certain point about how difficult it must be for a medical professional to identify which of these you may have you could have all of them who knows i don't think i've ever actually seen um a person who may have had maybe not all the mental health problems but more than one, several. I mean, I know I've seen a lot of times that autism and ADHD can be diagnosed. So it, it's the wrong word to use, but it'd be interesting to see if there was a person like that. And interesting being, you know, not like a um, hyperactive interest in something, but more, it would be quite factually informative to see that someone did have that. Obviously, they would need a lot of support and help and everything, and I would hope they would get that. 
But um, yeah, so another part of it is not feeling like eating or sleeping. Now again, that can become, that can be quite, that's very vague and it can be attributed to a lot of people, a lot of reasons. So it's sort of trying to look at all the symptoms together as opposed to looking at one or two and you know saying like oh yeah that exactly sounds like me but then maybe the other one doesn't so it's just looking at things thinking about it and having the conversations where sometimes you can become enlightened you can think about um you know um i've never felt like that until someone describes it in a different way to you and then you're like oh actually you know maybe i have felt like that because i was thinking of it in this way but you've explained it to me in that way just these things discussions can really help um, which is another reason why I'm doing this podcast is because the way that I'm describing it may be different from the way that someone else has described it to yourself or to someone else and you may think actually that does sound a little bit that's different from what was previously said to me but it sounds a little bit more relatable so hey ho um, creativity can be one thing you can feel very creative creative and you can feel like everything's going fantastically now this is where it can be a little bit misleading because essentially this is all positive things to a degree obviously the the impulse of spending maybe not um but these general feelings are all positive happy feelings everybody likes to feel ambitious everybody likes to feel happy and lots of energy but it's when it crosses that line of, you know, um, a healthy happy to being unhealthy, for instance. So the the not feeling like eating or sleeping because you're so um, engrossed, you're so um, full of energy, you're so ambitious, you're just firing through work, you're doing lots of studying, which is great, but you also have to bear in mind that these things are not meant to be done in such a magnitude that it's becoming detrimental to your health. So that's where there's a little bit of a line there. Um, there can also be the um, symptoms of psychosis where um, you can see or hear things that aren't there or become convinced that certain things aren't true or maybe the opposite, that they are true when they quite clearly aren't. So those ones. Um, with the mania is, of course it's polar opposite, which is the depression, the low episodes. Now, this one is interesting because a lot of people are misdiagnosed because of this. And it's a very difficult thing, as I've said already, to to diagnose. But most people will be diagnosed with the depression before then demonstrating a manic phase or episode, which can then be associated to the bipolar disorder where you're then having both episodes at different times and you present to the doctor with a you know depressive episode and they don't actually realize because obviously you've not had a manic episode or you've not had one roughly you know in a short period of time so it can go miss it can be very easily missed and um the bipolar side of things can be missed until you know, a doctor is able to discern the, the the manic phase and relate it with the depressive phase, which then both quite clearly will indicate that there is a very high likelihood of bipolar disorder. 
So, one thing to note, of course, with the the depression, the low episodes, there is a potential risk with um, overwhelming feelings of worthlessness, which can then lead to the the potential of um, suicidal ideation, maybe even suicidal action. So, as previously mentioned, but at all times, I will always reiterate that if anybody is feeling any of these symptoms, and in particular depressive symptoms, please don't suffer in silence and please reach out for any kind of help, even just to have that initial discussion where you can just have the conversation that just lets you know that someone's listening and lets you know that you're not alone and there's always going to be help there. But, yeah. Living with bipolar disorder. Now, once you've been diagnosed, if you're lucky enough to have been diagnosed, then they can be... It can be quite a, a roller coaster of a ride for life in general. But of course, having had the diagnosis, the aim would be to try and um, provide as much support and help to be able to make uh, um, things a lot less severe, a lot less extreme. So, the high points and the low points of bipolar, so you know, the manic phases, the depressive phases, they can be very extreme. As previously mentioned, you know, like uh, the, the suicidal ideation, etc. Um, these things are very, very extreme, and especially with the manic episode as well, um, you can become very irritable with the, the mania, the, um, the feelings of um, overwhelming happiness, etc. Um, so, living with it is going to be a difficult time. That being said, there is treatments available not just medication there's you know cognitive behavioral therapy there's um therapy in general counseling etc these things can help but generally speaking there will be a certain requirement i am not a medical professional so but from what i've read there will be a, a general requirement to have medication there purely to assist with the mood stabilisation. <coughs> Not for anything else. So they're not going to be medication for anything other than just trying to stabilise the episodes and the, the moving between episodes so that the person who's suffering from this has has a much more stable, don't say normal, stable um, mood and uh, it just would allow for them to be able to to move through the day with minimal mood swings and minimal um, destabilised mood there. So it does, it, I mean for me, medication just it seems very... When someone says, oh, you need to be taking these tablets, etc., it can be quite daunting. It can be quite um, off-putting. So that's why when I say it's not just based on medication, 
Um, but that's another reason why I'm explaining it the way I am as well, because there is there will be a certain requirement for medication, naturally. But it's not the be-all and end-all of the treatment that you would receive if you had bipolar disorder. There, there will be the possibility of antidepressants to you know treat the main symptoms of the depression, and then some more mood stabilizers to um, handle a bit more of the manic side of things. So, other parts that are there to support the medication side is the psychological treatment, as I mentioned, which is your therapy. Um, there's also a, a learning curve, which is provided uh, through um, training, etc., which allows for the person to be able to recognise triggers of an episode and signs that an episode is maybe coming on or you're maybe in the middle um, and allows for them to be able to uh, handle the situation a bit better because they'll know what's coming as opposed to just rolling through it. So those those all go together Um of course, one of the things that's spoken about a lot is exercise. So there will be some requirement to look into some regular exercise. I think it's not just the exercise, it's exercise with a routine. So I know that one thing that I've noticed a lot with most of the uh, treatments for almost all the mental health that I've discussed previously, um, exercise is given as a, a good therapy. But the use of the word regular and then exercise, it always sticks out to me as it's it's not just about, you know, doing the exercise. It's about getting in the routine of doing the exercise. That allows for the brain to be able to focus on something. You know, if you're in a routine of doing exercise, not only are you, you know, getting out of the house, perhaps, or it depends on exercise, obviously, um, but you're also doing things that are regular. You're doing them often. Your brain becomes trained to do these things, and it's all for the greater good of being able to um, get yourself into that more positive mental um, position. So... Another part of that, naturally, is diet, nutrition, and focusing on sleep. Now, for me, personally, I know that nutrition is something that is often thrown in people who have mental health um, faces. Uh, actually, I've had discussions myself, and... Certain things can be put to, it can be blamed by certain people for pushing people's mental health in the wrong direction. Now, I may be wrong, I may be right, but personally I do think there is a certain part of nutrition that can be beneficial. But I don't believe that mental health can be blamed on nutrition. Certainly I believe that nutrition can be quite a key factor in improving and um, damaging mental health 
because you know if you're just sitting eating junk food all the time it's not going to do you any your physical health any good which is then going to impact your mental health so it does have that but i do think that it's something that is often thrown in people's faces because nutrition is a very difficult thing to understand it's never uh, really discussed during school certainly wasn't when i was there um generally speaking most people of you know your general working class are not don't have time to be able to make huge nutritious meals I don't think that'd be huge just to be able to make a, a a fully nutritious meal after a long day at work and also making a lunch for someone who is working class who's you know maybe having to travel to the office and things it's far easier to pick up a, a sandwich and a packet of crisps which neither of which are greatly nutritious but by the by so with that let's just bring in things back into the realm of bipolar disorder here i feel like i'm going off on a tangent again so with the with the treatments i've mentioned so you've got your lifestyle advice which is your exercise and your diet and your uh, sleep and things you've got psychological treatment you've got medication you've got therapies there's a fair few different things now as i mentioned at the beginning it's not going to be just one like it's not just going to be medication like take a tablet here you go you're going to be fine there will be uh, a variety or a combination of um treatment methods that is used to not there's no cure certainly at the moment for these kind of things but it's to control it to manage the mental health so when i say there's no cure sorry it was very abrupt the way i said that but it's more about managing the mental health certainly there may be a cure eventually i don't know but it's certainly at this point in time we aim to manage and control our mental health and with that comes the treatments so we need to use the different treatments and find what best suits everyone now when i say everyone probably the wrong word to use i would say i mean if you were to look at it in a whole all these treatments may work but every person is different so what works for one person may not work for another so we just need to be careful with that um one thing that i haven't actually thought about previously with other um mental health that i've discussed and actually i had a conversation with my wife about this recently is the male versus female side of things now i know that's very black and white and i know um gender is a very very contentious issue certainly at the moment now i only say male and female just purely because most of the facts are presented in that way um so most of the treatments are presented in that way so just purely for that fact is the way that i'm using gender just in this instance now with that the reason that i'm saying it is because in particular with bipolar disorder they can get worse during pregnancy so it is a very a very difficult thing for i want to say women but a person who can get pregnant is going to have to deal with 
Not only that, some of the medications that are given have to be given only to people who are not of childbearing age or pregnant or looking to get pregnant because there is evidence um, substantial evidence that a lot of these medications can lead to birth defects so that's that's whole thing but as I mentioned just before I mentioned about this um, it's certainly not something I've thought about previously is the pregnancy side and also how for certain aspects of the conversation a woman feels during manic episodes, depressive episodes, ADHD, autism. Do you know, I've never really thought of it from that way and that's purely on myself. Hold my hand up. So it will be something that I am going to look into. But of course, I do 100% um, appreciate that, you know, using the the terms of men, women, etc. can be it's very old old age and it's not I would say relevant anymore but um it was drummed into us all as we grew up so it's it's just trying to get your your own way of thinking out of the the old way. So I certainly will be looking into this more and there will be more episodes on similar things. So I'll be mentioning that in the future. But back to bipolar. So the the treatment options again if a person is not treated they can suffer from some episodes that can last for months up to six months is roughly uh, the sort of limit of where a mania episode can end um, depression can last much longer um, says from the links that I've provided and what I've looked into it says up to about 6 to 12 months personally I don't see it being something that unless a person was to move from a depressive episode to a manic episode I don't see it something that would actually improve on its own uh, but that's for the medical professionals not me Um The other parts are a bit more uh, a bit more difficult to discuss just purely because again we're going into what is uh, a mental health issue for a person who's born male or identifies as male versus a person who's born female or identifies as female. So, or even for someone who's non-binary, no, sorry, non-binary, I can't speak today, um, or any other um, gender or non-gender. So, again, this is something I'm going to have to think a lot more about, and I'm going to have to do a lot more research into it, and I hope there is a fair bit of research into it. And it's it's going to be a good learning thing for me as well. And I think it's something that I'd like to share with many people because I think it's going to be a lot more information than what maybe most people will be aware of. Um, certainly, just even from looking at the bipolar disorder, the fact that um, a person who's you know perhaps pregnant or is of childbearing age 
uh, or is looking to get pregnant, they their um, medication is limited because the medications for bipolar disorder do have the ability to uh, produce birth defects. So yeah, it really is a bit of an eye-opener, that part. And as mentioned, I've had a, some interesting conversations with my own wife about, um, you know, mental health uh, and, like, her mental health versus my own. Um, so, yeah. With that, there is possibility for hospital treatment and there is the possibility that, depending upon how far into an episode someone is, they may be... Um, encouraged to take a, a, a little bit longer a, a hospital stay um, until things can be a bit more balanced and a bit more stabilised. So there is that and of course if there is a requirement for that that's a medical professional's uh, prerogative and uh, role to be looking into that and uh, providing the support as needed uh, both to protect the person and um, any others around them. So with that I'm going to come to a close on bipolar disorder purely under the pretense that there is going to be a lot more in this podcast you know when you start something with you know a plan and what you want to do what you want to get from it what uh, you want to share with others and it evolves and i think this has to a degree and my own thinking is evolving with it because i have been very blinkered in my thought process and my own mental health and been lost in my own mental health before I actually started to think about, I mean I've always thought about other people's mental health but I've never thought about it from other people's perspective, other genders, other um, race, you know, other people's experiences, whether they be another gender, another race, another anything. You know, it just never really occurred to me in such detail as what it did until recently. Now, I do have the next episode pegged down for PTSD. However, I may change that into something else. PTSD, I think, is going to be one that I think would be one of my longest episodes. Because it's one of the biggest. Not to limit or lessen any of the previous ones but um, I think PTSD would be a good one to explore with as I've mentioned the different um, gender roles and um, various different parts so with that I'm going to come to a close here and I'm going to you know take a long think about this one (laughs) but I do hope um, this has been beneficial for everyone as it has been for myself and I hope that you are gaining some insight into the mental health that many people have similar to myself and yeah again I would like to say if anybody feels overwhelmed or anything along the lines of the symptoms that I've mentioned in this episode or any other um, anything at all please do reach out to someone whether it be a medical professional, a friend, family, etc. Do not suffer in silence. And if anyone has any suggestions or um, any questions on anything, please do reach out to my Twitter. Uh, I'll put that in the description as well. But thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it, and I will speak to you soon. <laughs>